You are listening to Abstractions That Glow, featuring me, Avon, with special guest, Lauren. In today's episode, we will be talking about what is news, service jobs, Twitter, Reddit, Facebook, comic book movies or TV, fuck, agree to disagree, and random facts. That's like the entire universe of subjects you've just listed there, Avon. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, if, if there has to be a list. I mean, some of the other episodes had lists like, um, uh, uh, you know, Rocky Horror, Fuck JKR. Yeah. You know, so like you you can always niche everything up a little bit. You niche it as niche it as niched as you want. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. We're starting off uh, really quick. Uh, just introduce yourself to people so they know who who's else is on this show. Because I'm pretty sure they know me by visiting my uh, blog and uh, seeing my uh, goofy ass all the time. Why don't you tell people about yourself before we get going? Sure. My name is Lauren. I'm uh, a nerd of various types. Music nerd, comic book nerd. You know, I love... And by nerd, you know, I I have always used nerd with the greatest of respect. It's those of us that are just so intensely passionate about things that we can't stand it sometimes. So a bird nerd, I, I go birding all the time. I'm uh, so, yeah, just, you know, I am really passionate about the things I love. And it's been great to meet Avon, who is also very passionate about the things she loves so it's uh you know it's it's been fun for me and i just like to uh say conserve the birds if you love birds look at ebird um that's yeah. ebird.org ebird.org thank you and uh, yeah it's nice to be here i uh i have mad respect for avon's opinions on all things pop culture comic book nerddom etc 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 so it's oh stop but keep going i know right yeah i'm uh, i'm looking forward to whatever may unfold awesome awesome so uh what was our first topic it is what is news now um I'm just going to start off by saying it. I am offended every single day somebody says Fox News because <laughs> it's not news. And then I'm always frustrated with the lack of actual news. On Fox News or just generally? Just generally. Sure. Like it, it seems like actual news doesn't exist anymore. It's all just opinion pieces. But like... <sighs> Where do we even find news anymore? Even AP Wire isn't a trustworthy source. Like, I feel like going to Vice and watching their documentaries, and documentaries are also always, always, always slanted. But that uh, that seems to be, like, the, the most reliable news source, and they're not even consistent. And then you get stuff like uh, John Oliver on Last Week Tonight, which I miss due to the writer's strike, those seem to carry more news than actual news sources like CNN and USA Today and stuff like that. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I I, I haven't watched John Oliver in a while, although I dearly love him. But uh, as I like to tell my wife, quoting Grandpa Simpson, it angries up the blood. And sometimes I, you know, sometimes I, it's just like I can't. 
by the end of the week, I am already so enraged about everything that I've read from my news aggregator, which, you know, throw things at the screen. It happens to be Yahoo, but that's just because I've had that that email account for the last God since the beginning of the Internet age. So that so that's where I'm at. But, um, yeah, I don't watch a lot of. You know, I don't watch a lot of news because, again, as you're saying, news, what is news? Like the news that's out there is oftentimes actually like if I look at a news show, for instance, when my wife's parents are in town and they like to watch news on TV, which baffles me. But, I, you know, I put up with it. So, you know, sitting there in the morning, sipping coffee. And a lot of that stuff is kind of newsworthy. I'm not sure about the quality of the coverage, but, you know, you know, fires in Canada, belching smoke across the U.S. Well, OK, that, that's definitely newsworthy. Um, I, I just don't know that that I'm getting any information that I don't already know by going outside and breathing. But <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I saw a thing on um on online where uh people were talking about the release of diablo 4 is it and um there was a, a giant billboard in new york and it had the uh demon uh the female demon in the in the ad and it said welcome to hell and the back like the backdrop was the kind of burning sky that was actually there <laughs> And I'm like that that to me was more representative of most of the stuff that I had seen because it's like this is what people actually see, you know, right. and like everything else I saw was just a bunch of people who are completely unaffected in a studio just being like in the winds blowing from here and blah, 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 blah. blah. And it's like, well, yeah, but what what does it look like on the street? What is it people are dealing with and um, like social networks? like seem to report more because people are like i can't breathe i'm in the hospital right now because i'm having a respiratory issue from the smoke in the air it's like it, it's it uh, rupert murdoch fucking asshole you know yeah I, I, i'm with you there on rupert murdoch you know there are so many times when i'm tempted to just curse his name and i do but you know <laughs> If the the thing that I think about, if it wasn't Rupert Murdoch, it would have been somebody else. You know, in some ways, I almost feel like, however, we've ended up in this place where the right wing media bubble controls what you know damn near half the country thinks. With or without Rupert Murdoch, we would have been here anyway. You know, without that son of a bitch, somebody else would have figured it out. You know, it's like, or or True. even. Donald Trump, you know, I know we're, we're trying not to get too politicky, but, you know, just to say if it weren't for him, it would have been somebody else. You know, he's just the fulfillment of what's been going on since, uh, I'm going to say it anyway, Nixon's Southern strategy. But really, it's, you know, much older. I mean, that's that's not wrong. Yeah. Like, it got worse with Nixon, for sure. Watergate was definitely a watershed moment for news reporting, public right. opinion. Um, yeah, that did that. There was a big cultural shift there, especially with news. And then the 24 hour news cycle completely ruined everything because they needed like even before the term content came along, they needed constant content that was appealing to people so they could get that advertising revenue because reasons <laughs> like they couldn't be happy with making like a hundred million a year 
you know, off of one show, they had to make a hundred million the first year, hundred fifty million the second year. You know, get more people on there. That's why that fucking dipshit Tucker Carlson got so. Uh, anyways, oh, right, that guy. Yeah, I know it's all about the Benjamins, isn't it? Yeah, and like I, I, I get confused why news is is treated like that. Like it should be. Well, should is a dirty word, but I always thought like news on its own and the quality of the reporting would be enough, like ultimately, because it used to be enough, you know, like uh, Walter Cronkite, like anytime you mention him, it doesn't matter how old you are, unless you're a complete like knob, you <laughs> know who Walter Cronkite is, like because he's like he's part of that historical zeitgeist that's happened over the years because people were like, well, you know, Walter Cronkite reported about all this stuff. Like he, right. he was a reason people went and watched TV because he, he was trusted and he didn't just come up with random stuff. He had a whole team of people that were like, no, 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 this is what's happening. He didn't make it up on his own to please a targeted demographic that was going to, you know, bring in more ad revenue to his network. That was a... You know, say what you will about the, you know, the overall zeitgeist of the day. You do think, or at least I think, that back then there were at least, you know, a pretension of objectivity. And, you know, certainly with, especially with the right wing news media, I'm always like, you know, would they always say, well, look at Rachel Maddow and whatever. Like, well, the problem with the right wing is that they think that mainstream media is tilted toward the left but reality is to the left of right wing so they that's what they don't yeah. understand i mean yeah the media especially in america and western culture in general has been predominantly right wing but the the main problems came in when they started thinking that they needed to have like one side of each issue and there's not always a valid opposing side to each issue and like giving giving uh, a voice to like straight up insanity you know uh, a good example i thought of the other day was you know talking about the rotation of the planet earth and um you know how that affects uh, uh you know sea levels and uh, seasons and stuff like that and how it's slightly changing over the centuries and how the moon affects it and then just because they feel they need to the opposing opinion is the earth is flat <laughs> like no it okay two things it's not and shut the fuck up because it's not you know like Sexism I, is the worst yeah anytime i see you know here's the opposing side to something and it's just stupid like why why or why 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 <laughs> sometimes it, it you don't need both sides because there's not two sides there's the right opinion and then some bullshit and then you or know the minutiae of the right opinion is whatever isn't real you know <laughs> yeah yeah like there's there's value in discussing the the vagaries of uh valid things without having a completely opposing opinion like you know you can have somebody talking about like abortion for all 
and then somebody be like, well, you know, it's it's not that easy because of, you know, certain personal beliefs and stuff like that. Instead of having somebody being like pro-life, like, yeah. no, fuck you, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, we don't need to give them screen. to Anyways. Right. Hey, you know, uh, you know, that's an, it's interesting. I was talking with my with my wife today, but I was talking about, geez, half a lifetime ago now when uh, my girlfriend and I at the time had to travel, you know, like a hundred and uh, about 160, 170 miles to get an abortion because for the clearly for the right reasons, because, you know, for all the things that have passed between us now but you know it was not the right time for us to have a baby and at that time it was a protoplasm you know in her uterus so you know but even at that point you know we were young we were poor we had to you know travel you know 170 miles and you know we didn't have health insurance i mean it was an expensive and an arduous journey to get from central Oregon all the way to Portland to the Lovejoy Clinic. And, you know, God bless them. You know, I don't believe in God, but let's not go there right now. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's that's a really good example of, you know, the opposing side has no real ground. It's just all like, you know, show like it. it there's no valid argument there. Like anyways. I'm gonna I'm gonna dive too deep into that. So let's yeah, just we're, you know, we're we're at 24 minutes, so we're past that topic. So what was our second one? Here we go. <laughs> well, we did a lot of setup, so we're good. We I'm did. keeping yeah, a, I'm did. keeping an eye on it. Um, right. Yeah, let's skip over to service jobs. Oh, service jobs. Now I spent at so like through my life, off and on, I've been a performer of some kind, um, you know, I've done stage shows, I, I've done tarot cards, like sticks and, um, you know, also like all, all different kinds of things, uh, you know, DJ and stuff like that. But I would always either supplement or in between being able to do those work in a service job. And I never, never made enough money at any of those jobs to actually survive. I always had to supplement it with either having two jobs or have some kind of side hustle. Right. Like I, I never could make ends meet. And the other thing was that they uh, would prevent people from having 40 hours because a lot of states have laws that if you work 40 hours, you get benefits. So they would never schedule you past 25, 27 hours. So there'd be like a few hour buffer uh, to make you stay or have you come in another day or something like that. And if you didn't come in, then you weren't, you weren't valid as right. an employee. You weren't, if you weren't sacrificing your life, then you, you're not you're not going to get more hours but you needed the second job in order to make ends meet and yep. the the uh, um conversation the past couple of years about paying people a living wage and just the argument about that just it baffles me like i just i, I don't get it like the society is built on the back of service jobs right and, you know, that gets me to about, uh, you know, when it comes to unions and everything, I'm just like, you know, all the anti-union people out there on the right who so many of them, you know, so many of the and on the right, I'm, I'm thinking of the right, you know, they, they benefit from having 
you know, higher standard of living and higher wages and better benefits, all because of the union, the labor movement, which they, you know, maintain that they despise. But, you know, if it wasn't for the labor movement, we'd, you know, the, us schmoes would be working, you know, 80 hours a week for pennies on the dollar and have no benefits and be dying in our 30s or 20s like they used to. And, it, it's just short-sightedness, you know. I, I think about when there was an article I read on the Washington Post today, and there were a lot of, you know, you, as you can imagine, a lot of liberal commentators on the the you know on the threads below the articles. And it was an it was an article about Gen Z and their their influence on you know what's happening in the workplace, you know, and specifically in the you know the nine to five ish workplace that we have. Not as not as much the the side gigs or everything that you were talking about, but the hustle. The hustle, right. The, the hustle that everybody does on the side. Even me, I have a side hustle, you know, and I, you know, it, it's been a long, you know, I like to consider that, yeah, hold on, that, that's a tangent, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to refocus myself on this article about Gen Z and the side, the, the, uh, the influence they're having on the current workplace. But I would say, you know, in the last 10 or so years, I've been at my job for, God, it'll be, 20 years now this October or maybe November somewhere in there the the time flies when you're you know a slave to the clock but uh anyway it's been a long time but I've you know so I've had a chance to like observe the shift of the workplace at at one workplace from boomers to Xers and now to the people who are currently my bosses who are that sort of like very late X to very early millennial. And all of them are women who are my bosses, which are, yay, my life has never been better since all of my bosses. Have been <laughs> women. That's a whole topic for another podcast. But I, I, and I just commented, I was surprised because usually, you know, on these Washington Post articles, you know, we're all flaming liberals and there's this and that. We're all in lockstep. Oh, so many, so much of a, of a, back, you know, a, a backlash against, you know, the, the, the work-life balance that Gen Z wants in, and, 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 you know, my commentary was like, you know, what's the, what's the deal here? This is what we all have wanted. You know, I had my first job when I was 13 years old in 1985, you know, working at the county fair. So for three thirty-five an hour so that I could buy a Nintendo that my mom was never going to buy for me because it cost $105 and that might as well have been a million dollars. So it was all, you know, if I wanted that Nintendo in 1985, it was all going to be me. And I wasn't going to make it washing cars for the old church ladies who made me work three hours <laughs> car for five bucks and then bitched about the one little spot of dirt that was on the inside of their trunk that i somehow yeah. missed so i don't know i'm i feel like i'm on a tangent here but it, it had something to do with yay gen z your your <laughs> life balance that you're pushing forward in the workplace is benefiting all of us even us that are far beyond being gen z yeah it's you, what 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 you were saying is effectively uh, what I was thinking. You know, like you're busting your ass. Like as a teen, like sure, you're not trying to make enough to um, 
you know, survive because you're, you know, still living at home and your parents are, you know, providing everything. But there's no way for you to work enough to get any actual benefit from the job. Like you're getting so little that like unless unless you're you come from like an affluent family or um, there's just nothing you want, you're going to spend that money you know, like majority of it, like at least half of the paycheck on stuff that you actually want, like a comic book or like, you know, some candy or like maybe you want to go see a movie with your friends. Your parents are like, well, yeah, you got a fucking job. You pay for it, you know, and if if the job was paying you a decent wage, you would be able to save as well as do those things and feel the benefit of working instead of just being like this is. This is pointless. Like I worked at Six Flags Over Georgia when I was a teen and their compensation. (laughs) Well, I mean, it was it wasn't terrible, but it was. But uh, (laughs) the the I mean, did you at least get free rides on your days? Yeah. Yeah. The the compensation (laughs) was you could come to the park anytime you wanted to for free. Um, As long as long as you weren't in uniform you could ride the rides and stuff like that. And they gave you uh, guest passes so you could bring somebody along with you. And, you know, that's that's great and everything. But sure. when they're paying you, like, let's see, by today's standards, they would have been paying about, like, eight, seven bucks an hour right? Uh, by today's standards. So you can imagine, like, I'm, I'm a lot older than I look, so <laughs> you can just imagine. Um, <laughs> And, and like, I remember my stepdad, who's like a straight up asshole. So, you know, fuck him. But I was like, you know, I want to buy a car, you know, but I need help getting to work so I can make money to get a car. Because where I lived in, especially Georgia, they have bullshit public transit back then and even now. Um, there was no way for me to get on a bus to go work at Six Flags Over Georgia. Not only that, but you had to get on the highway from where I live to get to Six Flags. So, like, unless there was highway public transit, which some places that have public transit don't always have that, um, the the cost of that sometimes would have been impossible with the amount I was making. So his argument was, you have to get a job in order to get money to get a car, but in order for me to have a job i need to have a car so i can get there because me too yeah it's it's like my my god like how how does this work how does life work and service jobs are hard enough like you know compared to somebody like i'm not saying somebody sitting behind a desk because i i've done desk work and that that stuff ate my brain right like ate my brain like i would come home and my uh, kid brother who lived with me for a while would be like, hey, you want to play some video games and shoot the shit? And I'd be like, um, I'm just going to eat and drool on myself for like a couple hours before I go to bed because I couldn't do anything else. You know, like I wasn't physically exhausted, but my brain was gone. Yeah. But uh, uh, service jobs, they they are physically, emotionally like spent and right. not necessarily like um mentally spent and they get paid shit still yeah 
I, uh, you know, I, I think about the first real like nine to five service job I had long term was <clears throat> it was when I was 16 and I had just dropped out of high school because, you know, I had, you know, I was like, what's the point of all this bullshit anyway? I'm going to, cl I'm, you know, what, for the for the reason a lot of really smart, really angry kids drop out of high school. I dropped out of high school, you know, towards I sort of floated through the end of 11th grade and this would have been in about 1989. But uh, but by, by the end of it, I was I was just riding the bus to school just so I could hang out with my friends in between classes. <laughs> I would just hang out, you know, I'd been a drama nerd. So I would hang out like in the, in the, in the Ooh, drama, in the rafters up above the, uh, the auditorium, or I would hang out behind the, uh, behind the props behind the stage when the print, the vice principal was walking by, who was my, one of my best friends, dad, you know, like, like, Oh shit. If Max's dad catches me back here, I'm busty, you know? So just like for months, I only went to school on the bus to hang out with my friends at the end of the 11th grade. So anyway, <laughs> I was done with it by then. But after that, you know, like, you know, being real poor, you know, white trash family from rural Oregon, as most of us that live here know, that most of Oregon is rural if you're looking at land mass, certainly yeah. not population wise. But anyway, I, you know, living out there and I needed to, uh, so I got a job dishwashing and at a at a local diner it was called mrs beasley's in redmond and sadly enough it's not there because they had good greasy spoon foods but anyway i got eventually after a few months i got the coveted like six to six a.m to two p.m day shift after spending months you know working washing dishes till one or two a.m sometimes on a busy night so I got that, but I, uh, you know, I worked my ass off because my mom had, she'd slipped and injured her back and she couldn't work. So, you know, I was, I was a 16 year old kid that had to work and earn wages to support my younger sister, my younger brother and my mom. So I, you know, when I got a paycheck, I gave it to my mom and it was just barely enough, you know, it was like just barely enough to pay the rent and put food on the table and, uh, you know, whatever my mom was getting from, you know, whatever kind of disability or thing or whatever would, would pay for the car insurance and gas in the car. But it was just like, yeah, you know, service jobs, you know, people aren't just relying on those cause they're dumb or because they're, you know, they don't have any other skills. I had a lot of other skills. I was a smart kid, but I had to, you know, my first and primary, thing was because my dad was an asshole and he wasn't in the picture anymore i had to you know i had to support my mom my sister and my brother and best of uh, available options right that was the best option was busting my ass washing dishes at that diner let me tell you i that was a hard job that was a fucking hard job even for a healthy strapping young 16 year old man i was beat at the end of the day it was just yeah I've, I've done that i've done that a lot like working restaurants like oh my god i'd rather wash dishes than cook for sure but that is it's still not easy yeah, yeah. but yeah um yeah service jobs fuck it god damn it why can't we just pay everybody right but anyways let's let's just i'm i'm gonna get angry about this because i feel you a whole bunch about like you know just getting by like there was a there was a good stretch of years where i was like 
barely making it paycheck to paycheck because I was working a service job. And I would reach out to my family and they'd be like, well, you get another job. And I'm like, well, I'm already working three jobs. <laughs> like, How many goddamn jobs do you want me to get? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not going to I'm not going to put myself in an early grave. But all right, pull it in, pull it in, pull it in. Um, a few minutes left for comic book shit, don't we? Like, Oh, we've got plenty of time. Uh, right. But we're on Twitter, Reddit, and Facebook. Oh, I don't know anything about any of those things, but let's go. <laughs> well, the yeah. the the basic thing I I've been thinking of, um, like, and and I just thought of it when I was like, hmm, social networks haven't talked about them, but uh, Twitter and Reddit have <coughs> like imploded. Like Elon Musk being the dumbass that he is, right. you know, totally destroying the entire structure of Twitter and then rebuilding it in a very stupid way. Like instead of just giving people a Twitter blue icon, which would have been fine, you know, if you pay for Twitter, you get a Twitter blue icon. That's a little B. Great. Let everybody keep their check marks. No, he's like, if you want a check mark, pay for it. And then people who have been using the Twitter service for a decade plus, people like me even, you know, were like, wait a minute, what? And as soon as he Say took what? down, <laughs> as, yeah, as soon as he took down that, that verification uh, system and then um, allowed people to buy those verifications, people started impersonating all sorts of corporate accounts. Like, the, you know, people made Mario from Nintendo do some crazy stuff and... <laughs> There were there it, it was a it was a wonderful dumpster fire, but right. he has since like doubled down on everything that he's doing. Now there's gold check marks <laughs> for reasons. Oh, that's amazing! Um, yeah, like because what do he's to get one of those. <laughs> he's so smart, um, but uh, he also decided to charge uh, third-party app users for the API, the you know interface that people use to communicate with uh, the Twitter services, mm. which have traditionally been free. And there have been a lot of people who are like, well, no, <laughs> you know, you, sh you should be making enough money off your ads and you should at least know how to manage your stuff. And then recently Reddit has said that they're going to do the same thing. And then a bunch of the moderators, um, for a lot of the subreddits that are out there just protested and went dark and it disrupted Reddit's uh, services. And Reddit actually sent messages to these people and are like, look, we're going to make it so people can kick you out of your position uh, as moderator. And these people don't get paid. But Reddit, Reddit's like, if, if you don't play ball with us, we're just going to replace you, even if it's a group that they, it, it's just, it's fucked up. And then Facebook has just been like a trash pit of echo chambers and QAnon bullshit forever. And our society, our modern society, our modern Western society, because uh, um, Eastern society, especially like uh, East Asian societies have different social networks that they focus on. Um, but Twitter, Reddit, and Facebook, Western world uh, social networks, that is how people have communicated for so long. And those are proving to be unstable and unsustainable. And Instagram's just, I'm, I'm not even touching that. <laughs> just, I'm not. Um, 
but like how do you keep in touch with people you know that's a good question because you know facebook even a dinosaur like me knows is kind of an ancient and primitive way of communication but and, and actually i was so like for so many years jesus i think i went for like maybe five to seven years like doing one or two things per year on Facebook. Um, Twitter, I, you know, okay, I'm, I'm going to be confessing my dinosaurism here, but you know, whatever it is, it is what I am. I, I've tweeted maybe five times in my entire life. And then Elon Musk took over and I was like, okay, I know he's a douchebag. So uh, I don't know what I think about that. Instagram is one that I follow Kaylee Cuoco and her, cute dog pics on and that's about it so i you know i i don't think i'm the best person to to be bouncing these things off of because really i'm just like kind of clueless when it comes to a lot of it but um yeah I'd, I'd, i've posted a few things on instagram over the years but yeah i'm just kind of yeah i'm really kind of a dunce when it comes to a lot it's not that i'm a luddite i'm not opposed to technology per se i'm just i don't care enough about it to learn it well so maybe that puts <laughs> with every old person ever you know like i don't know what that's about but well what do you, how do you stay social with people oh okay sure um you know most of the people that i really socialize with like actively and on a regular basis are either in a are in a couple of areas. One is, is my recovery community, substance abuse recovery. And uh, I guess we're okay to talk about that. So you're one of those folks, right, Avon? I, oh, yeah, that's that's how okay. we know each other. Right. For those of you listening, if you follow my blog, you know I've been in recovery for some time. So, nah. yeah, I'm very, I'm very open about that. Okay, cool. And, you know, the more I get into it, so am I. It just makes more sense to be open about these things. So anyway, that's one community that I have. But the other main community I have are, are birders and people that are into, you know, natural natural history and things like that. And we mostly stay in touch through Telegram and WhatsApp. And, uh, and the interesting thing about those I'm finding out is that you can see everybody's you know, phone number on there, which is interesting to me because, but unless you've been specifically invited, it seems to me like it's kind of a faux pas to try to contact somebody through, like, you, you can't just text somebody if you know them on Telegram and through their, through their regular phone number, unless, you know, they've specifically invited you. Am I wrong about this? Maybe you, I'm I sure don't, you, I don't use Telegram or WhatsApp. Uh, they're, I, I don't I I hate being on demand. Sure. So I liked Twitter and um I I used Reddit on and off. I it's just whew, there are some people that live on there and I'm just I can't even compete. But um even before I stopped using Facebook, like I turned off like, you know, notifications. Like I would get to that shit when I wanted to, and people would be like, "What's taking you so long?" Reply to me now. I'm like, "On demand is not me." <laughs> and yeah. things like WhatsApp and Telegram always struck me as a very on-demand kind of communication. And where, where that's useful for being a birder, however, is that if there's a rare bird that's posting up on some tree that's on, you know, right on 
the the big oak tree between you know you know southwest 32nd and 34th street on you know hawthorne in downtown portland for birders those kind of things are really useful because if, if that's a rare bird that you've never had in the state or you've never had in your life which are the kind of things that are important to people that are into birds it can be really useful to have that that like up to the minute things Immediacy, like yeah Immediacy, yeah. Like if I'm chasing a bird, I'll be like, hey, I'm heading down there right now. I'll be there in 30 minutes. I'll appreciate any updates. So, you know, depending on what you're what you're looking for, it can be extremely handy. And as it turns out to be for birders. Yeah, well, I mean, that makes perfect sense. I guess it depends on how you interact with the world and other people. Um I just hate being on demand. Like, no, yeah. no, thank you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reply to you when, when I fucking feel like it. Like, <laughs> the thing about that too is I ignore, you know, 99% of the stuff. I just scroll past. I'll check it to see if I'm interested in it. But, you know, for the for the most point, I'm just, you know, you know, scrolling up on my phone. Let's get past that to the most recent thing, and I'll see if I'm. So I, you know, I I I do check a number of those things throughout the day, but you know, the vast majority of the time I'm just ignoring it. But, you know, even in, I wouldn't say ignoring it entirely. I, you know, I do pay attention to what's going on. So it allows me to stay in contact with my birding community, even if I'm not particularly invested in whatever the immediate thing is that's going on right now. You still have that option. Right. I have the option to really be invested in that or even just to know about it so that later on in casual conversation or whatever. So, you know, for this specific niche, it, it's actually pretty a, a pretty useful thing, I think. Awesome. Groovy. Yeah. Um, I think we should keep moving because uh, we're 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 really diving into some of these topics and that's fine. Like, you know, I. If I actually had a time limit on this, then I don't know what the fuck I would do. I just, I don't know. Um, so our next subject is comic book movies and TV shows. Um, now, I, I remember when you brought this up, you were talking, huh? I said, this is where you're going to shellac me, I know, but I'm ready. No, I, I mean, like you brought up Hellboy uh, movies and the Sandman TV show. Um, and... You know, like thinking about the Hellboy movies in compare, comparison to the comics, even the creator said that the romance that Hellboy had in the first two movies was something he had never thought of. He liked it, but he's like, yeah, that just never occurred to me. Yeah. And then the uh, David Harbour movie, I felt was... <sighs> had that been made in the 90s, it would have been perfect. Right. Like it, like the the humor, the the style, like it it was very, uh, you know, Blade Two, <laughs> you know, like it 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 wasn't it wasn't good modern gothic horror, um, in the same vein as um, uh, like Sandman. I I think the Sandman TV show was very good, um, like gothic style horror and and drama, um. Yeah very much in in line with the comics but still updating the things that needed to be updated and diversifying some of the characters um which i thought was great like yeah 
everything about that I just loved. Like the casting of death. Oh my God, she was perfect. I loved her in a good place. Yes. Thank you for that. Like, wow. Yeah. Like, I mean, death in the comics was always like bright, cheery, chipper, and get off your fucking high horse dream. <laughs> and she, yep. she, she comes on screen and she's like that. Yeah, exactly. She is, she is that. And yet, uh, you know, for me, I, I was, I've been rewatching it with, I'm like, I have like, you know, the massive, this thick volumes of Sandman. I actually have tons of comics in my closet too, that were, you know, bequeathed to me by a, a great comic book reading friend of mine who just, you know, he, he said that I have all these old comics. I don't want to just sell them. I want to give them away to somebody who appreciates them. And I was kind of like, thank you for that. Do you, uh, do you have any fantastic fours? No, no, nothing that old. Most Mostly, uh, you know, so much Sandman from over the years. It's it's ridiculous. You know, the old stuff they bequeathed me, I have... I would have to look at it. So uh, I'm going to try not to talk myself into a wall too much here. But but speaking of Sandman, you know, I, I've read a lot of the, uh, you know, the first you know, two of the big fat Bible volumes of 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 Neil Gaiman. And I just love Neil Gaiman. But long before I ever read Sandman or anything, I thought that Coraline was like one of the best movies I'd ever seen in my life. And I still do. You know what bothered me about Coraline? Uh, when I saw that, have you ever seen, um, oh, fuck, the, the name of the movie, Nightbreed. Have you ever seen the movie Nightbreed by Clive Barker? I'm embarrassed to say no. Okay, so Clive Barker, he's one of my favorite writers. He's a, like he's all of his. Stories. Yes. Oh, God, I love Clive. Yeah. All of his fiction is um, like Stephen King based on his personal, like, demons and the the stuff that he's seen in the world and his expressions of sadness and grief um so a lot of that comes through in his writing and nightbreed was about um a city of um people who were monsters but they just yeah. wanted to live in peace amongst themselves and um they would occasionally uh like reach out psychically kind of like Charles Xavier would with Cerebro and be like, Hey, come to us or we'll come to you kind of thing. Right. And, um, David Cronenberg was in it and he is always beautiful. Anytime he's in a movie, he's super, super creepy, but, um, not to give up the plot too much, but there's a character in Nightbreed who <laughs> is a serial killer and he wears a mask that has a zipper on the mouth and buttons for eyes. And he he just, he straight up is like vicious, how he just kills people. And he wants this, the serial killer wants to go and destroy all the monsters. Because, I mean, he's a monster too, but he's not a monster of Midian, which is the so name of the place. Precursor to Dexter, let's say. Well, no, but no, okay. the, no. Uh, there's uh, you, you just well, I, I haven't read <laughs> it, so I'm, I'm just speculating on what you're yeah, telling. Yeah, no, I can see I can see the thinking there, but it's more about, um, uh, you know, being an outsider and stuff like that than it is about like, you know, 
killing people but a lot there is a lot of death and there is a priest who gets all like jacked and a bit wonky but anyways um <laughs> the the serial killer with the buttons on his mask uh which was kind of a burlap sacky like material when i saw Coraline oh. i was like hey neil hey neil did 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 you call clive <laughs> did you ask him about this I, and i know it's not an exclusive thing but every time i see Coraline media i immediately connected to that because the nightmare image of that killer and then the nightmare image of the, that other family like I, I think are very parallel to each other right and then also you know when we're talking about eyes you know obviously i was it shakespeare that or probably someone before him you know eyes being the windows to the soul but when specifically what we're talking about when i think about the corinthian in uh oh that was he was cast so perfectly too he has teeth for eye and there's just something so like body horror cringy for me about how he ate the eyeballs with his eye teeth oh it's so like you know and you know for those of us that are you know we delve into the dark and we worm our way into it and we revel in it you know there's it takes a special something for me to just be like that makes me feel really uncomfortable and i can't get over it and i still haven't and it's the corinthians teeth eyes are one of the things that have stuck with me like forever as wow thank you neil for just like giving us nightmares until we die yeah, right. Yeah, give me a nightmare <laughs> field. Thanks a lot, Neil. Like, but yeah, it, that's that's another thing I liked about um, the the Hellraiser film series, and there's even Hellraiser comics that yeah. expanded the lore, uh, the the body horror connection and basis of Hellraiser always fascinated me because, like, you know the the you know, going through life with a bit of dysphoria, you know, and just watching these Cenobites like all twisted up and like, you know, kind of revealing their their inner monsters and stuff like just mm, chef's kiss. But yeah, I thought the Sandman TV show was perfect. I can't wait for the next season. I want more adaptations to be on the same level as the Sandman adaptation instead of like, dumbing it down like um okay. the arrow tv show the first two seasons like they they had solomon grundy but he wasn't solomon grundy like i'm like what the fuck's wrong with you people just bring the magic you know yeah. like in in uh fucking uh canary had this like sonic emitter instead of actual sonic powers like come on just give her powers it's fine <laughs> and and i'm i i never i was not familiar with the source material of the arrow i did watch i think i watched most of the first season so you know a lot of that comes from like if you're not familiar with what engendered it for me i was i was pretty impressed actually i was like wow this is kind of cool like i'm really enjoying this but you know i had never read what came before so i didn't have that that sort of comparison where I'm like, eh, this is not so much, you know? Yeah. I mean, I wasn't too mad because, you know, the guy who played arrow, like doing his exercises, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
wrong with that? I could watch that a lot. Like, my God. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Let's <laughs> move yeah, on. Let, I got a little warm there. Um, <laughs> yeah, we spent a lot of time on the other stuff. So let's just dive into fuck, agree to disagree. All right, let's do it. <laughs> no, I disagree. Yeah. Oh, you disagree. I did I disagree to that. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so I I thought of this because like a few months ago I was talking to somebody about a subject and I'm I don't want to get into that because that would just take forever to explain subject. but a subject and it got to a point where they're like, "Well, we're let's just agree to disagree." And I just looked at them and I'm like, no, fuck you. <laughs> I don't agree <laughs> <That's>, to that. <laughs> that's that's not how this works. I'm like, I'm not going to agree to the fact that we disagree. I'm going to believe you are in error. Right. And you're going to have to live with that because I I'm not I'm not going peacefully into the night on this. Right. Okay, I got it. And I I think it's it's a it's a very diplomatic way, but it's a very um, cowardly and insincere diplomatic way to end a conversation that may be uncomfortable. You know, like um, it, you know, like we were talking about it earlier, abortion. You know, somebody says, you know, abortion needs to be available to anybody who needs it, and then the other person's like, well, you know, it's a it's a life. You know, so abortion needs to be illegal. And then, you know, that conversation just keeps going and they keep battering heads. It it will be the pro-life person who says, well, let's just agree to disagree. Yeah. And, you know, as somebody who is pro-choice, I'd be like, no, you're a fucking asshole. You're wrong. <laughs> right. There is no agree to disagree here. I'm not leaving the conversation with you satisfied that you stopped it. Yeah. What, sure. What's your opinion on, on that kind of thing? You know, that's interesting to me because I don't, you know, I don't have a, I have a few people that are close with me in my life where you know, I'm just going to throw this out there. Like, I've got a friend of mine who says that, who, who thinks that like fluoride is the, fluoride in water is the worst. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> How, where do you, and I've had so many conversations with her over this that I was just, at some point, you know, the agreeing to disagree was not an acknowledgement that her point was equally valid as mine. It was, it was just that whatever your predisposition is, you're incapable of seeing the facts or incapable of seeing reality. So I'm going to say agree to disagree just because... I'm a wuss and I don't want to keep doing this over and over over something that's so like fluoride prevents cavities. It doesn't make you susceptible to brain control, you know, and I wouldn't I'm she's not on that. She's not that extreme. But you know what I'm saying? Like whatever yeah. like, who's not that extreme about anti fluoride is, but whatever they're like, well, it, you know, it's not brain control, but it's bad for you or this or that. It's like I, I don't yeah. know where you're coming from. Wouldn't it be wouldn't it be equally as valid to just say, well, we don't agree and just leave it at that instead of adding the agree to disagree? Because in my in my thinking, that's that's a concession that is like insincere. 
because I there there is no agreement on my end. Right. You know, I can like even my partner, like sometimes we'll talk about something and uh, we'll just kind of look at each other and be like, well, we don't need to agree on everything. <laughs> you know, that's a little that's more sincere for sure. Yeah. We don't we don't agree to on this. We don't agree to disagree. We just don't fucking agree. What's what's so wrong with yeah, not what is wrong with that? Yeah, yeah. I agree. I hadn't thought about it in that term, but you've so opposed. Let's <laughs> not agree. We don't have to agree on anything. Let's just not fucking agree. <laughs> yeah, like I I have no belief in any higher being, but my partner goes to church. Right. And sometimes people ask, you know, isn't that a conflict? Isn't that a problem between you two? And I'm like, no, because I respect her right to believe her wor her worldview. How she sees the world is entirely valid to her. And I study religion, so I understand where she's coming from. But if she crosses into something that I feel is... Uh, like socially or mentally dangerous, then I'll be like, hey, I I need to speak up here right. and, exactly. you know, present my side and be like, maybe that's not <laughs> awesome. Sure. You know, and there have been a couple of subjects where we just kind of, you know, hit that point where it's like, well, we just don't agree. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that's entirely fine because if you always agreed with the people in your life, oh. Like, what good would that be? Right. My wife is a complete atheist like I am. Yet, if I had a nickel for everything that we don't agree on, even still, it would be, you know, like, I'd be I'd be a millionaire. I'd be like the Monopoly guy with the monocle and the top hat if I had a nickel for <laughs> one of those, you know? Like, yeah. I, I Yeah, that's why agreeing to disagree, why can't we just be comfortable with disagreeing? Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. That's, that's, I, hmm. people think I'm crazy for thinking like that, but I think it just makes sense. For that, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, now we're, we're at uh, random facts. Now this, this random. part, uh, we can talk about literally anything we want to, um, you know, I, I, we're both wearing shirts that represent fandom i know we're not we don't have a video for this i'm sorry you don't get to see our beautiful faces it's fine um but uh you're wearing a legend of zelda the original 8-bit legend of zelda uh cup box art yep. is it the box art or is it the booklet art let's see maybe you can here, here here's what i've got going here oh it's the it's the load load screen push start to begin yes. yeah yep, load screen okay you got it. Um, and I'm wearing a Captain Phasma uh, new Star Wars trilogy shirt. Um, I like the I mean, I mean, right? It's just, right. I like limited color right. stuff sometimes. And, and it's Christy, you know, when you know who's under there too, like, woo! That I mean, six foot whatever woman is. Uh, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Like, I mean, there there's some mountains I'd like to climb, and she is definitely one of them. Like, my God. Amen. <laughs> like, if if anything's going to make me believe in God, if she's like, all you need to do is kneel and thank God, yeah. and we can play, I'd be like, okay, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, I love her. Yeah, she she would be there. Like, yeah, yeah. Her and um, uh, uh, Kate O'Mara, I think is her name. Oh. She she was the uh 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 Empire officer in a. What was it? The Mandalorian? Yeah, I think I think yeah. I know what you're talking about. Um, let me just throw out Wunmi Mosaku too there. Do you Ooh. know? <laughs> and in Loki, like wow, when when her uniform. Yes, yeah. Man. Yeah, no there's man. just okay, so like anybody listening, muscle girls, yes please. Thank you. I'll take yeah. two. Right. If you're a muscle girl and you're out there and you want to holler, I, I'm, I'm, yes, ma'am. Ma'am, <laughs> <Damn>, no, ma'am. <laughs> like, don't, don't let my, my partner's gonna listen to this and she's gonna be like, the fuck. But she, <laughs> she already knows that I have a thing for muscle girls. So, I was so disappointed when that bitch from a, uh, um, Mandalorian season one, Cara Dune, that actress. Oh, when she turned, when God. when she just decided she was going to be a bit Nazi-ish. Uh, can't you, uh, even if you hold those opinions, can't you just keep it shut for us fanboys and fans? Yeah, girls? like I, I can, can I just admire just like you and stunning like, just, Zeke and everything else? Yeah, like uh, I fucking loved her in the Deadpool movie. Right. I was like, now she's like barf. She ruins everything she's ever been in because she's fucking. Ugh. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm like pretty much demisexual. Like I'm very pansexual, but I'm also demisexual. Like if, if I don't like you, right, I'm not attracted to you. Like oh. that's just not a thing for me. Like you oh. know, you could be literally the hottest thing since sliced bread and toast, and. If you have a shitty personality, I am not about it. I I will. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally the same way. It's just like, bleh. I remember years ago, somebody tried hooking me up with somebody and they're like, well, isn't she great? And blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yeah, but she thinks Morrissey is like really smart and has valid opinions. And they're <laughs> like, they're right. like, what? And I'm like, yeah, Morrissey's a dumbass. And they're like, well, can't you just overlook that? And I'm like, no, she worships Morrissey. <laughs> they're like, you're weird. His mouth outside of music, you know, like uh, Morrissey. Yeah. Yeah. You can do a whole show on that guy. That prick, yeah. Like they're they were like, you're weird, and that's kind of a petty thing to not like somebody over. And I'm like, listen, if we were friends for years. And then she's like, oh, by the way, I think Morrissey's awesome. That would just be something we wouldn't talk about. But as a as a door, you know, that somebody opens when they first meet you. No, right. nope. That's, right. I, yeah. nope. We could, you know? we could talk about how much I hate Morrissey yet love Smith's music, you know, but. Uh. <sighs> I mean, yeah, some of the Smith songs are just you know chef's kiss beautiful beautiful but like like his what, voice his whiny fucking bitch voice oh uh, yeah you know for me it, yeah it's just like I'm, I'm just struck by the audacity of you know the kid that says let's form the greatest rock band ever and comes damn near close to doing it you know like <laughs> like their whole origin story like 
fucking Johnny Marr. You know, at least you can love Johnny Marr, right? You know, like, please don't tell me he's been polluted by something. Like, I mean, we don't know anymore. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Uh, well, okay. I think that was random enough. <laughs> it went all over the place. So yeah, we we went all over the place. Um, so what? Uh, you know, just before we close out, do you do you want to say anything about your experience on the show today? Yeah, I'll just give a brief plug for eBird. Um, as we were talking beforehand, if you if you love birds, even if you're remotely interested in birds and you want to learn about them, eBird is great because. You sign up for a free account and you get access to every known bird species in the world, which is somewhere over 10,000 just by hitting explore species. But you also can narrow it, narrow your focus, not only to your general state or your county or your city, but to the very specific place where you might happen to be at. And so if you choose to list birds, you're not only, you know, it's, it's a great way to keep an accurate and very searchable list of your own birds if you're into that sort of thing. But it also contributes to science. It's a community science endeavor in that so many countless, uh, you know, when you have, you know, hundreds of thousands of people out there who are reporting their bird sightings, it it really does communi uh, communicate to the scientists and, and people that are able to search this. Uh, you know, vast amounts of data on bird migration and habitats and everything you can imagine are searchable to scientists who are who are doing things that will help these cute little birdies keep on going in spite yeah. of Anthropocene extinction event. So there we go. Yeah, everybody go check that site out. I just want to make sure it's very clear they are not sponsoring the show. They do not endorse anything that was said on the show, even if they might even agree with us. <laughs> this is just complete fan kidding about something that we like. Um, so, yeah, I want to thank you for being on this episode of Abstractions That Glow. Um, is there anything else you want to say before we close out? I do, and I love all things nerdy and nerddom. And Avon, thank you for having me as a guest. This is my first participation in a podcast ever, although I've listened to many. So, yay, it's been fun. And thank you so mm -hmm. much. Yeah, we'll probably have you on again if you're down for it. But uh, <laughs> awesome. I want to thank everybody who joined us. Um, you know, please check us out at nailsetglow.com. That's uh, nailsetglow.com there's also uh, coloring books that I sell on the website there well it's sold on a different website but there are links to it there um, I also do a nightly blog and I do a short story uh, project on YouTube First Drafts at Glow uh, that would be youtube.com at First Drafts at Glow go check that stuff out and I'll probably see you next week I well I won't see you next week because I'm not videotaping this anymore so yeah i don't know I, I i was trying to come up with something witty so anyways thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week abstraction cyclo produced recorded and starring avon for more information please contact us at firstdraftsaclow at gmail.com. Also visit our website at nailsaclow.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.